Sports science? We're wrapping a couple of pints in a fag down a snooker hall. This is Getting Stuck In, a sports podcast brought to you by Daniel McFarlane, interviewing ex, current and aspiring sports professionals within their field and gaining insight into their lives. Have some of that then. All right, this is Getting Stuck In. My good mate, Georgie Blackwood, current Adelaide young soccer striker. Uh, the worst penalty taker in Australian football to, to date, <laughs> and uh, Andy Harper's favourite player, George Blackwood. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, mate. How are you? Good. Good to have you on, finally. And um, we'll get straight into it, mate. You came through at uh, Karingai with uh, people like Anthony Kelly, Paddy Flotman, Aidan Hancock, Mo Bachelard, Tom Hewitt-Bell. Good list of names there. Um, how tough are those games against the Central Coast? Uh, yeah, they were one of our toughest, mate. But we had some crackers against uh, St George as well. All those, like Cousy and that all played there. But I, I remember playing against you and Lockie Wales, obviously, back in the day. And like you named all those names there. We also had uh, Daniel Alessi. So our team yeah, was like, player, wasn't he? yeah, at that age as well, he was a man child. So we would just bully people like the whole game, and no one could do anything. Um, but yeah, it was it was a really good time. We had a couple of really good coaches there we had uh Danny Hurwitz and um Lloyd Robson and yeah we had we had a good group um even the year above us that Ryan Peterson played as well and he's gone on to do some pretty good things um so yeah it was just all in all a good experience and it was it was a good start into my football journey yeah beautiful then you moved to Manly that's where I first came across you um, with a couple of the boys as well, Pat, Kalik, Aiden, Mo, and Tommy Hewitt-Bell as well. Yeah. Um, the coach I mentioned you before, Richard Paddle, surely a better story, mate. Paddy Flotman went on for about 10 minutes. Oh, mate, I wish I wish I had one, but I'll try, I'll try to think. I just remember he was such a character. And um, he, I don't think, I, I actually, you know he works at Sydney FC now? Yeah, before Paddy was I left. Before I left, I bumped into him and um, Jimmy Dow because Jimmy Dow's the youth coach there now. Jimmy Dow, not Van Weeren. Jimmy Van Weeren, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, well, he was with us Jimmy on the team, so it wasn't. Yeah, he the was. Uh, no, nah, he was Lloyd's assistant in the 14s, I think. Yeah, 14s. So those those two have linked up and they've they've got their way into... What a combination, they've, mate. They've landed on their feet there, I'll tell you that much. I think Jimmy's doing well and I don't know what Richie's doing. He's probably just directing everything from the side. But I, I, I just remember he always rocked up in big black school shoes as if he was like going into tech or something or woodwork. Going into the trenches. He, yeah, exactly, exactly. And he was a good bloke. Like, and that's what you need sort of at that age. You just need someone who's enthusiastic and he loved the game. So that was, that was all we needed, man. And, and yeah, I, I wish I had a story. I'll have to go back and listen to Paddy's stories about him. <laughs> Well, mate, it didn't, didn't hurt him that we had one of the best teams in the comp as well to make him coach. So yeah, too bad exactly. Um, mate, so what do you put your kind of development at Manly and Karingai down to? So you mentioned they had good coaches. Um, what, what do you sort of put that, what sticks out as for them to be like good coaches? What would you say? Um, I think with Danny and Lloyd at Karingai, I think a big thing that was good for my development is like we had a good team. So like, Every time you went into train, it was like good standard. Um, 
so I think that helped a lot. Even like the sessions were always decent. Um, I can't remember a huge bunch of them, but they were, they always put their arm around you when you needed it. And as a young kid, you definitely need that. And um, yeah, I think just the standard of even at Manly as well, the standard was so high because we had such, such good players. I think you just had to improve or, or you were sort of on the way out. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd just put it down to being lucky enough to be around such good players when I was younger, and it sort of just helped me move on, keep moving on up. Yeah. Um, what were sort of the things that stick out for you at Manly? What are some of the best times you can you can think back at, at Manly? Uh, I remember we had a game at Blacktown's ground, Lily Holmes, and uh, we went to extra time. Um, and I scored a goal in extra time. Lockie actually put one on the platter for me, Lockie Wales. And I remember that, and that was unbelievable. I think it was maybe five minutes to go, and we won 2-1. And that, that, was, that was something that really sticked out for me. And then the next, next week, we played the, um, the, same, the same ground, and we went to penalties in the playoff to get to the final. Right. Oh, I missed the penalty. <laughs> Shock, <laughs> you, you, you know what? Like, I've, I reckon I've taken from then after going through RPA and all the way up to the A-League now, I reckon I've taken 30 penalties and I've missed three. That was one. Mate, I think I've been, I think I've been there for every one you've missed. <laughs> oh, no. Well, fucking stop being there then. <laughs> stop oh, watching man. me. The best one was like, I think you remember you played Sydney. We were playing you in the youth at, at Tugra. So yeah. Was, it was pissing down. And uh, Matty Sim was playing with us. And obviously, yeah. Matty Sim was Richie's assistant, if you remember. So he remembered you missing the one that you just talked about. And then you've gone and missed one in that youth game. He's like, Georgie Blackwood's still missing pens. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> apart from that, I had a 100% record apart oh, from those yeah. ones. So it's you and Matty Sim need to fucking <laughs> stay away. Super, mate. Um, then you left Manly to go to Arpia. Why is that? Uh, I just... Didn't get offered a, a spot manly again. So back back then, I don't know how it is now, but sort of after every season, they will like guarantee, uh, not a contract, but let's just say a contract for the next year so you don't have to come and trial again, right? Everyone who doesn't get offered one has to come back and trial and hope that they get in. And, and I didn't get offered that year, so I was like, oh. Could you believe that you didn't get one? Because we, we couldn't believe it. Yeah, it was just a bit weird, man. Like, it's, it's one of those things you... Like it's football so subjective. So like it's 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 maybe one person you've put his nose out of joint. I remember back then, like I probably wasn't the easiest kid to work with. Um, I don't know, I was, I was competitive and like if I didn't play I was pissed off, you know. So I think that didn't help my case at times and, and yeah, I probably put someone's nose out of joint and then um just just left it at that and, and it, it, it worked out best for me because I, I went to Arpia and had a really, really good coach there. Um, and the way we played, it kind of suited my game really well and it sort of grew my game as well um, into ways that were never going to grow in Manly where it was really structured, you know, 4-3-3, four, four, three, three, um, just your standard Aussie sort of way of playing, you know, and at Arpia it was a lot different. Yeah. So do you think that helped you, like getting that kind of setback and then having to reset yourself and go, right, I'm not just going to get everything on the platter here. I have to kind of work for another spot. Yeah, that that was really hard, though. At that time, I sort of went through like 
just self-doubt a lot, a lot. And um, I remember we played you guys in the Manchester Cup and we got battered. Arpia got battered by Manly and we lost 2-3-0. I remember after that game, I was, I was absolutely devastated. I was like, what am I doing? Like, right, right, right. And then gradually, like even that year at Arpia, the under-15s, didn't, we didn't have a great year. I think we just got into the finals. I maybe scored 10 goals, which wasn't much in 27 games. And, um, yeah, I didn't have a great season. And then the next season, um, I just started enjoying it a lot more and things just went from one thing to another and it all started to fall into place. Yeah, so you mentioned that year you started playing in the 20s and stuff as well, right? Yeah, yeah so so I went to up here in the 15s. We didn't have a great year. Um, then went to the 16s and I remember having a good pre-season. I played a couple of games in the 18s. And then towards the back end of the season, the 20s, I think, got a little bit deeper than us. So I was maybe 15, 16, and they had a couple of injuries and they were playing in the playoffs to get into the grand final. And I ended up being on the bench for that. And we had a penalty shootout in that game and I tucked one away. So there you go. You must not have been there for that one. Um, but yeah, and then, yeah, the next year was even better in the 18s and just sort of, kept going yeah yeah good stuff um you ended up getting a move to sydney and um, how did it all come about was it a bit of a surprise or were you, you kind of expecting it uh it was it was more the year before where it was a surprise so in the 16s i had a decent year um, me and Lockie scott had a really good partnership he was there with me at Arpia and he was unbelievable as well um and we just played really well together and i remember at the end of that year um just got invited to go train with Western Sydney Wanderers. Um, so I did a couple of sessions there in the school holidays with the youth team, just as a train on, I was never going to play. And I remember there was a, I won't say his name, but there was a boy. Um, oh, who I say I his thought, name, pussy. Nah, nah. He <laughs> was the same age as me. So we were really young. So like 15, 16. So we didn't think we'd play any games. And I remember rocking up like after a youth game and finding out he played, I'd be like, what is happening here? So I was like, that was sort of the end for me there. And it was a long trip. So I was like, this is a little bit weird. Like I'm going to leave. And luckily it sort of opened up that I got a few sessions at Sydney, the back end of that year, nothing really happened. I was just a train on just training under Steve Corica, who was really, really good. And um, the youth team there that year for Sydney was outstanding as well because they had a lot of first teamers dropping down so they had um blake powell uh mitch marley are dropping down terry mcflynn was dropping down terry antonis was dropping down aaron calver was playing yeah, Hadji like, as well, jacob he? trap Hadji gligor like it was a joke like how good that team was Perkowski, i think he plays at rockdale or something now that's right the center back yeah the center yeah, back yeah. so all of those guys were in the youth team anthony tomlich Max Burgess, like, it's crazy, like, yeah, how know, it was. so, like, the standard of training, I remember first going there, and never doing, like, a proper passing drill, and, like, they're doing passing drills, I've never done a passing drill before, really, like, I've done, like, maybe pass and follow your ball, but these were, like, like, you had to pay attention, otherwise you got run to the wrong place, and that was, like, a real eye-opener for me, and then the next year, after the 18s, I had a good year, and, I just got offered a youth deal there and then 
went to Sydney, which was really, really good. Yeah, you said Steve Corica was good there. Like, what was he? What, why was he good? What, what was good about him? Uh, everything, man. Like, he's, I really enjoyed his sessions. Um, he was easy to talk to as a coach, and that's hard to find, especially as you get higher and higher up. Um, really easy to talk to, and he he knew which players needed what as well. That's how I felt. Like. Some players need to be hammered to play well. Some players need an arm around. Some players just need every now and again some reassurance that they're doing all right, you know. So I think he knew that um, side of it really well and he got the best out of most of, most of the boys. Yeah. Um, was Arnold was the first team coach there? Obviously, when did he start spending a bit of time around the first team? Um, so we played a couple of trial games for the youth team. And um, this was probably about a month before the A-League was due to start. And I hadn't played. Oh, I maybe played 45 minutes in a trial game with the A-League, but they were just down a striker. So I played up there with Corey Gamero and I did okay. None sort of just got through the game. It was, um, it was all right. And then, um, so a month before the season was about to start, we played a couple of trial games and I played it. Uh, well, I remember scoring a penalty again in one of those games. Uh, one at Newey, and then there was an A-League game two weeks from then. So they needed some bodies in the first team. They had a few injuries. Um, so that's when I sort of went up and started like knowing um, what Graham Arnold was about and how he ran things and stuff. And then um, from there, yeah, did a few sessions and then uh, like Bernie Abini and a couple of other boys, I think, got called up to the Socceroos. And that means that they would miss round one. So then suddenly, like, they had no players, like literally barely could put a squad together. Um, so I trained a little bit um, with them and ended up, like, doing pretty well at training, scoring a few goals and, and, and stuff. And then I didn't that, – that was the Melbourne City game and – that's the game I made my debut. I didn't know I was going to start. Didn't even know for sure I was on the bench. And I rocked up and um, was my David, name was David, David V was on the bench for them too, wasn't he? Yeah, that was his first game as well. So it was crazy. Like, I didn't even know that I was going to be playing. And suddenly I'm out there, like, with David V and stuff. It was yeah. nuts. Right. Yeah. Did he say anything to you before those games aren't playing? Would he just throw you to it and say, right, get on with it? Or... Yeah, and he said, just, like, have fun. You've got nothing to lose. He was right. Like, I only maybe trained, like, three or four times with the first team. And I was just starting the game. And, like, the craziest thing about it back then as well, like, as an outsider looking in, you don't realise, like, how hard it is fitness-wise. Like, making the step up from the youth team. I remember in that game I was cramping it, like, 30 minutes in. Like, full-blown cramping. And I was like, I can't even, like, how do people do this? It was nuts. And, and yeah, he, he was good about it. He obviously just tried to give me lots of confidence, just try to go out and, and do what you can. And, and that's sort of what I did. I think it was 1-1 in the end. Corey Gamero scored a good equaliser. And David V scored in that game as well. So. Yeah, what a player, huh? Yeah. Um, so who was, who was some of the, you mentioned a couple there, who were some of the bigger players at Sydney that either helped you settle in or didn't talk to you at all or what? Um, everyone was really good at Sydney. Um, that year was really good. We had Yanko, um, so he was playing up was front. He, was he good, yeah? 
yeah, he, he, he was just good for the younger boys and stuff. Like, he was pretty quiet. And he, he worked relatively hard. Um, and he, he was always there for the younger boys if they needed anything. Who else was there? Shane Smeltz was there. Um, Nicky Carr was there that year. Del Piero went there, was he? No, no, no. He wasn't there. He, he had left a couple of years earlier. So that's just to name a few. And then obviously, like, Ryan Grant was, was still there back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's it, really. Like, Matt Yerman was there as well. So they, they were all good boys. Oh, obviously, Alex Brock. Brock. This is unbelievable. Such a good player. Um, so all of them, and they were, they were great for the young boys coming through. Made yeah. it so much easier. Would they ever get onto you in training? Like, was there ever a time where you think, geez, I might not be up for this? Like, they'll get on you too much in training, or do they kind of um, play? A, a little bit. I think it's a little bit like that. But when you're like 17, 18, I think like there's room for mistakes. Like, it's there's such a long road before you hit your peak. I think like you hit your peak for a footballer, I reckon, at 27, 28. So when you're 17, like 18, like making mistakes is something that's going to happen. I think a lot of those older boys knew that. And when maybe if I wasn't passing the ball when they were open, I think that's when they'd have a go. But if you're trying to do the right thing and you're making mistakes, I don't think anyone can really get on your back that much. Yeah. What about Arnold? Have you seen him crack at people? Yeah, a couple of times. A couple of times when um, challenges came flying in in training and he would lose it, especially on like certain players. So I, remember, I, rem- I remember him at the Mariners. He like, if someone got injured, whoever injured him had to sit out the same time as another person injured him. Really? Yeah. No, he never did that with us. To be fair, there wasn't many uh, tackles like that where people were out injured. But I remember... Ninkovic getting clobbered by someone and him absolutely losing it because he loved Ninko and just losing it and you're like whoa <laughs> like I, I've never seen him do that before so it was a couple of times like that but all in all he's pretty relaxed honestly yeah um, you end up playing a few games against uh, Chelsea Spurs Liverpool a couple of Asian Champions League games what were, what were some of the standout memories from those games uh, well the the Tottenham-Chelsea ones, um, Tottenham one, I think I got about 15 minutes at the end. And I just remember Harry Kane scoring the goal that game. And just I was behind the goal. And, like, he was just unbelievable. Like, really sharp everywhere. And, like, the finish as well just absolutely walloped it. Posting in, I think. Um, so, I remember that really well. And then the Chelsea game, I actually dislocated my shoulder the pretty much the last play of the game. So... I remember that. That's all I really remember from that. How did you do that? I don't remember that. I was. It was sort of a through ball. It was too long for me, and Ivanovic came. All right, you played against Ivanovic. Ivanovic, yeah. (laughs) And I tried to pull him back, and my shoulder just popped, just pops out completely, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, and then I had to get a shoulder reco after that, so I was out for like four or five months after that. So I remember that. And then the Liverpool game, I'm a Liverpool fan growing up. So the biggest memory from that was um, just you'll never walk alone at the start of the game. There's like 90,000 people singing it. And you're like, what? This is like crazy. You just have goosebumps. Then the rest of it was just like, they're just so strong and fast. That's yeah. Who were you, like, playing, up? Who were you playing up against in those games? Uh, John Terry. Um, I remember Bentaleb for Tottenham was like 
like ridiculous, like so really? strong, so strong. Like that's the thing, like people don't understand as well. Like A League, like the strength is just not the same. Like these guys have legs that are like double yours, and like they just push you off the ball so easy. Yeah. I think that comes with like all the technology they got all over there, all the money they're putting in it. They know how to get the best out of their players. And that's the one thing I took away from like those three games, how sharp and strong they were. Like obviously they were good on the ball, but not, not to an extent where you think, oh, they're unbelievable. It's more just how sharp they were and strong. Like you couldn't get the ball off them. Yeah. Uh, you spent a bit of time with the, the young Socceroos, young Australian team. Um, what sort of experience is that going away from your club? Is it good? Yeah, it, it's, it can be really good and it can be um, tough as well when you're a young player in the A-League because if you, if you go away and you get in a run of games, um, when you come back, your spot might not be there anymore. Um, so that, I think that's a bit of the trouble a lot of young players have. Um, there's a lot of young Socceroos camps throughout A-League season where they're not, there's no breaks. So coaches aren't willing to give someone a chance if they're going to be away for a month in two weeks. What's the point? You yeah, might as exactly. well give someone a chance who's going to be there for the whole time. So that's something that they need to work on, definitely. So in that regard, it, it was really tough for me at Sydney because I was away a lot and I just didn't have a chance when the team was doing so well. The training still got a lot out of it. Um, who's, then, the who's the coach, sorry? For the young Socceroos, mm. I had a few. I had Ufi Tale, who's at Wellington yep. now. He's good. Josip Gombau was one for the Oliveroos. I've, I've, heard, I've heard his training drills are off the charts, Gombau. Yeah, he's really good, man. I mean, he's, like, your head's spinning. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're spinning, but, like, he's good, bro. Yeah. He's good. And Paul Ocon, when I first got there, was the coach. So, those three. And they, they were all good. Um, but it, it's hard as well for them when you only have a team for two weeks and you have to, like, try get your pr- principles to play in and then, and then um, like, win games when you haven't been yeah. together. How, how, do you, you know? how do you find that when you see coaches, like, trying to do that? Do they... Do they tell you, right, let's just be hard to beat and then work from there? Or is there a lot of nah. talking and riddle stuff? No, nah, it's like the Australian way now is like we always want to play out no matter what, you know. And sometimes, especially in these Asian countries, it's hard because mm. like the pitch is awful. The other team just sits off. They're nippy. They go down. So like you've got like breaks in play for like four or five minutes because they're just pretending to be injured because they just want to draw or like mm. maybe snag a winner. So it's really difficult, man. I think um, when probably in those sort of tournaments, you saw the Oli Roos do it just now. I think you need to utilize our strengths a bit more, which sometimes is we're, we're a lot stronger than these countries. So every now and again, sort of knock a, knock a ball forward. Because at the end of the day, you need to win games. Like it's not all That's about right. looking pretty. Playing, so. playing the right way, yeah. Exactly. So. But all in all, it was all a good experience. Yeah, when you play against the teams like, say, Syria and Thailand or whoever like that, are you surprised at how, how good they actually are? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because, like, you think of, you think of these countries and you think, uh, okay, Australia should beat them. But they're actually really, really technically solid. They're usually pretty strong and sharp and they'll just die to get a point, not to yeah. win. So you're trying to beat a team that doesn't want to beat you. So... It's it can be really frustrating. It's difficult, man. It's really difficult. Yeah. 
Um, we'll talk about your best moment in the Australian jersey when you scored your penalty and celebrated in front of the oh. goalkeeper. <laughs> well, the penalty again. Talk, you talked to me about Oh, man. Well, that, that was the, a crazy... One of the best we, things I've ever seen. That was crazy because we're in a group, right? And we did well. I think we won three out of four games and the one game we didn't win, we lost. So going into the last game against Cambodia, we just needed a draw to go through. And... Um, like a lot of us were on the bench. So I was on the bench to start and stuff and we just needed a draw to go through the semis or whatever. And um, we go down one nil. <laughs> go down one nil to Cambodia. And uh, who was the coach then? Uffy. He made three changes at halftime. I came on. But like, the, you got to understand in these games, like they're going down for like minutes at a time when they're not touched. So like, you're just standing around for most of the game. I reckon the ball's probably in for like 20 minutes a half. Every time the ball goes out, they walk to the ball to throw it in. Like, it's so frustrating playing against those teams. And basically, we went to one all, I think. And then um, we got a penalty. And I got brought down for the penalty actually and they were like saying I dived and stuff. They were saying I dived. I was like, oh God, give it a rest. And um, they, yeah, they were just losing it, losing it at me. And I remember them getting like in the rest space proper, like right in his face. Like you thought something could happen here. And then like, yeah, the keeper just came up to me and kept hitting the ball out of my hands. Um, like maybe three or four times when I was trying to put it down like kicking it away and stuff. It was probably about five minutes before I actually took the penalty from the foul. And um, I remember the third time he knocked the ball out of my hand or the second or whatever it was. I remember it, then he spat at me and it landed like on my boot. So I was like, oh my God, man. Um, <laughs> like I was fuming. Fuming. So like I, I was kind of like in my head, I was thinking, I'm going to score this. I'm going to run past you or something. And then like I scored and then like I remembered Oh, I'll, I'll go run past him. And then as I got to him, he looked smaller and smaller. So I was like, I could just stand in front of this guy. <laughs> and then the rest, I just remember just Wolfie yelling because there was no one in the crowd just yelling, George, George, George. He was there for a little bit. And um, yeah, I remember him having a chat with me. He was like, you just can't do that. So, oh, man. Because yeah, it, it blew up as well. Everyone was going off at you too. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, it was bad as well because it was against Cambodia. And no one watched the game. So everyone's like, oh, my God, he scored against Cambodia. <laughs> it's like there's more of a meaning to what it was. Oh, man. But yeah, it's definitely cool. something that's it's funny looking back on. But at the time, I was like, why did I do that? Always is, eh? Yeah. Um, you got to move to Adelaide. So... How did all that come about? Yeah, so through my third year at Sydney, I was – I remember having a decent pre-season and not all the foreigners were in yet. So I played a couple of FA Cup games and did well, got a few assists and stuff and um, played Wollongong away, actually, and that was unbelievable, win stadium. Anyway um, – I remember doing well and then suddenly two foreigners came back, Philip Pelosco. I was playing out wide on the wing. Pelosco came back and someone else. And Pelosco came straight back into the team, which I thought was fair enough. And I thought like... Was he good? Surely, 
Yeah, he, like he was good, but he was a marquee. So he's yeah. if you pay a million bucks for him, like they're not going to play a young boy over it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Unless like they absolutely have to, you know. Um, and yeah, I, I was out. Like played one cup game, and then the next game I was out of the squad completely. And I didn't. I think I played two games that whole year. Um, just didn't get a chance, man. Like, cause the team was so good. We lost one game all year, one nil to Western Sydney and went on to win it. And just the team was unbelievable. Just, it was just a joke how good we were. Yeah. Um, but that was Bobo's first year. Remember that that's when Ryan Grant really started to play well. Brandon O'Neill and Josh Belante were playing well in the middle. Ninko, Holosko, uh, um, did you, have the, did you have the bald guy as well? Mirzeski was that no, after? No, no, no. He came, he came in the ah, year after. No, he was um, a player on Yeah, but listen to this bench, though. This is the bench we had. We had Seb Ryle, Bernie Abini, David Carney, and Milos Dimitrovich on our bench. Brilliant. Like, it was a joke. Like, it was just a joke. And we, we barely had an injury all year. So that squad didn't change really the whole year. Um. So it was just tough, man. And I, I sort of had a choice, like, do I want to stay here and sort of bide my time at a good team, good culture, um, really good training, really good, um, and try and prove that way? Or do I need to go and actually get game time? Because that's inevitably how you improve. And I didn't want to risk having another year of what I just went through. So I was like, I think it's a good idea to go. And I sort of just took a leap of faith and, and went. Yeah, why Adelaide? Uh, they sort of back then even they had like uh, they won the league and they had a couple of young players playing like and usually there at the top they had they had a good system of bringing young players through and stuff and I remember when they won the league they had players like Steph Moore Bruce Kamau playing like young players playing next year it's when Riley McGree and Jordan O'Doherty and stuff came through and they finished bottom but they still were playing the young boys and and they had a new coach coming in. So it was sort of looking up and like, it's a solid club, you know? So I thought it was a good idea to go there. Yeah. What were sort of first impressions of the club there? Uh, just a, it was a shock, man. Going from Sydney, like probably got the best facilities in the league at Sydney. And then you come here and like, when I first got here, we were training, just at parks and stuff um, and like using public gyms and stuff, which isn't like, it's not bad. It's what a lot of the A-League clubs do, but it was just a shock coming from Sydney going there. Um, but all the boys were really, really welcoming um, and it, it, it made a lot easier um, in that respect. And then the new coach came in and, and he was good as well. So yeah, who's the who's coach? Marco Kurtz. Yeah. How'd you find him? Yeah, it was good, man. He uh, he got the best out, like the best out of our team, but we were really defensive minded. So at times it was tough playing as an attacking player, whether it was out wide or number ten or up front. It was it was tough at times because you're doing a lot of defending, a lot of running for the team, and you might get one chance a game or not even have a shot in a game. But we win one nil against like. Melbourne City or Melbourne Victory and it's a everyone's like buzzing that's a great result but you kind of walk away from the game going well didn't really impact that game I know <laughs> that it's good for the team but it's, it, it was difficult at times but 
he was really good and he like I said he got the best out of our team for sure. Yeah. Was he a baller and shouter? Like he looked like a bit of a character of a guy. Yeah, yeah, he was a good character, man. Baller and shouter for sure. Um he lost it a few times. Yeah, but uh, he did he go off at boys, yeah. Yeah, he went off. He went off. But then at the same time, like after the session he'd put his arm around you and tell you why or like sort of give you some confidence after that. So we were good in that way. It was pretty good with player management. Yeah. Anyone that stick out with memorable one that goes off of people? I remember one time um, we were doing shape. Uh, so like there's just two players for every position. And Izzo, so once you finish the shape as well, so like it basically you pass it around and then you shoot at the end. And then the goalkeeper coach would pass one out to one of the strikers and he'd take a touch and finish as well. And there were goalkeepers in there as well. So we had Daniel Margush and Izzo. It was only two keepers. And they were doing it really, really quick. So they were just getting battered. And um, a couple of the, um, the shape patterns were just one-on-one. So like the striker or something got one-on-one. And a, and a few times they just like dew-gold it and just tapped it in. And the keepers were getting really pissed off. And... Um, I remember there was like three people running through for a one-on-one like against no one, just a keeper. <laughs> Ended up putting it in and Izzo just like stood there and didn't try. And I remember Marco like screaming at the top of his lungs, Daniel, like it was Izzo. And he, he didn't even know his name yet. <laughs> it was like the third session. It's like, Daniel, are you fucking serious, bro? And went off for a good like 30, 40 seconds. At someone, he doesn't even know his name. <laughs> and everyone's like, what's going on, man? So that one sticks out for me the most, cause especially because he was so new and no one like knew, knew who he was. He didn't know anyone's name. So that oh, one brilliant. Really stood out. Yeah. Brilliant. But yeah, you had just playing some good stuff. Um, what are some of the best times so far in Adelaide? Because you've been flying there as well, scoring all the time. Uh, yeah. Andy, Andy Harper's favourite player too, my name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like obviously you would the first year I got there we got to the final against Sydney away at Sydney so it was kind of like wow like I can score here and it'd be great yeah but we ended up losing that game we came off the bench and went to extra time we lost and and then like people would probably think like oh the FA Cups but the next two FA Cup finals I was injured for both um so that sort of doesn't really stand out to me. It's I would think the one if I had to pick one moment with Marco's time, it'd be the the Perth Glory game away, even though we lost on penalties. If I was out there, man, I would have stuck one of those pens. By the way, anyway, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. anyway, yeah, that probably stands out because just the atmosphere was crazy because there was no Adelaide like there was Adelaide fans there, but you couldn't really hear them. So when, when they scored, it was like crazy. And then when we scored, it was just like you could hear a pin drop. And I just remember that being unbelievable. And then obviously the penalty shootouts were the same, like pin drop when we scored. And then when they scored, it, the place just erupted. So that definitely stands out for me. Yeah, right. Um, so what's the go now? What happens now? Like, obviously, how's the lockdown been with you guys? What, what's been happening? Yeah, well, we've sort of come to an agreement with FFA and stuff about uh, pay and that sort of thing. So we've just come in today actually and done our uh, coronavirus testing. Everyone needs to be cleared to start training. We'll start training a couple of days from now. Um, So that's good. Everyone's buzzing to 
get back into it because it's been a long time um, just being at home and that. I went back to Sydney to spend some time with family and I've it was my first day out, out of ISO today. So when you travel back to Adelaide, you have to be in self-isolation for two weeks. So had to do that, which was... Terrible. How many, how many walls have you punched, mate? Oh, a lot, man. <laughs> and it's a brick wall as well. Can you imagine how hard my knuckle feels right now? There's so many calluses on it. Anyway, yeah. So now we're just buzzing to get back into it, man. Really. Brilliant. Um, plans for the future, mate? What's, what's, what's the go with you? Um, it's hard to say at the moment because obviously the future of the A-League is up in the air a little bit. Uh, the future of leagues around the world are sort of up in the air in regards to how much budget each club's going to get and that. But um, for me, the dream has always been to to play in Europe. So hopefully one day I can achieve that. And for the for the moment, just trying to stay present and enjoy the last last few games we have because it it got taken away from us pretty suddenly. And you sort of. Um, need to acknowledge like what makes you happy and, and, and stuff like that. So I think just trying to be present and enjoy it for the rest of the year, really. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, last few, best player you've played with? It'd be, it'd, I can't pick one, but it'd be um, Ninkovic, pretty obvious one. Alex Brosk would be one. Uh, Danny Vukovic would be one. Oh my god, yeah. wow! On the field, yeah. well, just as a keeper, <laughs> yeah, whatever, man. But, um, and then who was I gonna say? Ryan Grant is is unreal at his position and just workhorse. And then Issa here in Adelaide as well. Issa oh, is and best player you played against. <sighs> you can't say Pat Flotman. Yeah, I won't, mate. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, Firmino, Roberto Firmino probably stood out the most yeah. when when we played those teams. He was unbelievable. Uh, best goal you've scored? Ever? Yep. Uh, professionally and before? Professionally? Professionally, probably the one I scored recently against Central Coast. Uh, Andy Harper loved that one, didn't he? Yeah, Andy Harper. <laughs> but also, I have like a soft bit of my heart for the first goal I scored for Sydney at Central Coast. Um, it was a bit of a deflection, but no one really notices. So those two for professional. And then um, back in the day, Manly, I remember scoring one at Manly where I dribbled through a few yeah. players and tucked one away. Top right, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, so one of memory, those, man. yeah, come come to memory. Decent. Yeah. Uh, last one, your favourite game you played in? Wow. I remember oh, the the Liverpool game was pretty good. Was pretty good. Um, but and then there's been games throughout throughout um, my career where you're always searching for kind of like a flow state when you're playing, where you're just in the now and you're just like doing things off the cuff, you know. I think that's when everyone plays well. You'd probably know it playing playing um, for Central Coast and stuff. Like, when you're not thinking heaps, that's when things happen the best. So I would think, like, it's a couple of games at Sydney where it was like that. Um, and a 
couple in Adelaide as well. I think one against Western Sydney and stuff, where it's just like, you're just having fun and you're just like sort of present and in a flow sort of state and like things just happen and you're just enjoying it. Brilliant. All right, mate. Legend. I'll let you go. Thank you heaps for that. Easy, mate. Thanks for having me. Legend, mate. That was getting stuck in with George Blackwood. Stay tuned for the next one, guys. Cheers.